best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-hosts, my partners in crime, Derek Ciapala and Nate Green. Fellas, boys, how are we doing? Another. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. More draft pick. uh, We're getting closer to a top five draft pick, which means we're getting closer to possibly a number one overall pick. First, it could be the first team in history to not have the worst record and end up with the number one pick. So that'd be exciting. It'd be fun. Draft lottery, by the way, for those of you who don't know, there is that next year. So that all you have to do is get in the top five and you have a chance to get that number one overall pick, which is interesting. I think it promotes uh well, let's not even, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. Well, it slows down tanking a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Or just also, increases it. Yeah. It, it one, on one, which way. one or the other. It depends on which yeah. way you look at it. Actually, I mean, if we want to have a little conversation about it, like it depends on which way you look at it. Like the first thing that I think about is you can be a top five team and you know, it, it could increase tanking, but at the same time I get how it doesn't increase tanking too. So I don't, I don't know. I don't it's think it's all the rationale. It depends no. on how you look at it. Right. Depends on how the league explains it. And I'm sure they explained it in the way that makes it sound better. So, I mean, if it makes you feel better, the inches aren't tanking and just suck. I mean, so and the other way to look at it too, the NBA has a draft lottery and they still tank. So, yeah, I mean, but you don't have to lose seventy-five games anymore in the NBA to, to because you can still not get the number one pick. I mean, in the NFL, oh, yeah. if you go you go one in sixteen, you're getting the number one pick. Where at least a lottery kind of messes that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. sure. So. It'd be interesting. Interesting to say the least. I'm sure we'll discuss this much more in depth um, coming up in the near future i would assume so uh, as always just want to thank you all so much for listening to this podcast here at talking halos again making us the best angels podcast out there if you could go ahead and subscribe wherever you are listening or watching if you could subscribe on youtube pound that subscribe button shoot a comment let us know how you like it or dislike it doesn't matter to me um that's how you how we could get better too that's interesting you know like let us know how we can get better don't just yell at us so um 
As always, follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tims, Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34, and Derek on Twitter at DCApolla. Of course, guys, if you are listening to us, give us a minute to pay the bills. If you're on YouTube, we're going to keep this going. So, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, let's go ahead. Let's talk about it, guys. Shall we? Um, sorry, taking a step back here. Got this sweet hat, by the way, guys. Official league. Sent it, like it. If you want to go get it, I thought it was a dead fish. Yeah. Oh, yep, dead fish. Right yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't probably doesn't make sense to anybody who's listening to this. But if you're on YouTube, you saw it. Um, if you want to go check it out, check us out on YouTube, and that's where it's at. Um, check us, check it out at Official League. That's who's selling it right now. MLB Paint. They did a really cool design. Shipped it out my way. Fantastic. Really like it. Um, so okay, let's get this going here. Enough with all this promotion stuff. I'm it is what it is. Let's talk a little Angels baseball. First off, want to talk a little Mickey Moniac. And this is such an Angels thing, is it not? You see Angels make it, you know, make an interesting trade. They get a younger guy in return in Mickey Moniac. He comes to the org wanting to prove something. Starts off pretty hot in his first, I don't know, five games or so. He has a couple home runs. Um, looks really good. Looks like kind of has turned a corner with the Angels. Don't know what it is. All of a sudden gets hurt. <laughs> like, most angels thing ever is that is, is that fair guys like angels being angels right there somebody playing well gets hurt this brings the question that i always like to bring up and i know a lot of people like to bring it up as well and derek i'll start with you are the angels cursed <laughs> that's where i was going that's what i was thinking are they cursed are they cursed it certainly seems like it doesn't matter what trainers you bring in they get hurt doesn't matter which players you bring in, they get hurt. Doesn't matter how much money you pay, they get hurt. It makes you really think, yeah, curse. But <laughs> the question I would actually have is, when did the curse start, and what caused it? There's been a rumor That's that I, I started. There's been a rumor that I started the curse. By the way, I don't know. If- it, go- it goes back before then, if we're <laughs> going to be honest. But 
I, I don't think there's a curse. I think that they're just they're just a team that has a lot of guys that are injury prone. And I know there have been some freak accidents that have happened to, to some guys, but it's one of those things where you look at it and good teams, all these teams get hurt. I mean, the White Sox are three games out of the division right now, and they've been ridiculously hurt all year. The Twins have been hurt ridiculously all year. The Yankees have had injuries. Dodgers have had injuries. And those teams continue to win games. So I don't think it's a curse. I think it's a, a lack of depth and a lack of development. And that's where I'm going to stand with it because there are teams all over the place that get hurt and continue to win games. So, And, and teams with really good players. Clayton Kershaw was hurt this year. Lance Lynn, the ace of the White Sox, was hurt this year. And they're still winning games, so it doesn't. It, it's it not curse for me. It doesn't just start this year, though. It doesn't just oh, start no, last year. Absolutely it not. Like Derek, you can talk about this more because this is even. And I'm not calling you old, but this is before mine and Nate's time. I, I mean, starting with, I mean, uh, it, it it goes back as far as you can remember. What's his, uh, who's the pitcher? I want to call him Lyman Beanstalk, but I know that's not his name. Um, <laughs> I am so off on that, Donnie Moore. Donnie Moore, I mean... Dude, Donnie Moore killed himself. He might want to not go there. I, I know, but I mean, um, about Cursed, right? Usually but Cursed teams... It goes back a lot further, I feel like. I, I would say that, you know, if there were a curse before 2002, the Angels exercised that, those demons in 2002. But I look at even... I even go back to C.J. Wilson... And signs that big five-year $75 million deal. And we talked to him later on. And, and you know, you find out. Because after years, he was called overpaid. He was called overpaid. And then you look at his actual numbers and how good he was until he got hurt. And you're like, oh, well, geez, okay. But when he gets hurt, Angels put um, pretty much force him insurance-wise to not pitch anymore. Make him wait on surgery, then get the surgery and all kinds of jazz. So I, I can look at it and go there. I can look at it and go, um, geez, signing Albert Pujols, whose numbers were starting to filter, who was starting to show a hole in the swing the year before he signs. And they sign him anyways. Why the name? So I can look there and say, okay, well, if there's a curse, it starts there. It's personnel decisions like Nate's saying, and we cleaned out this farm system and didn't really replenish it in a way that's been – Superstar fruitful. I think we've got some some quality role players that have come up. But when you don't have the guys who are game changers making their way through and someone does get hurt, game over. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like I said, we can talk about this forever. I agree that, like, anything before 2002 was washed away by that World Series because it was much needed. And, honestly, I, I, I don't – Nate and I didn't live through that as much as you did, John did, the older listeners did. Uh, again, not calling you old there, but didn't live through that. I know it was, I get it. Like, it's kind of that, it brings up another question too. Like how similar is the 80s, 90s angels compared to this team? It's something that we don't really think about or like this era, should I say, like in how bad the angels have been and in a sense, how cursed, I don't want to call it cursed, uh, unlucky they've been because it feels like they went through this in the 80s it feels like they went through this in the nineties a lot. And then it kind of turned the corner, you know, in a sense. And I, I don't know, you know, Derek, you have a better perspective at this than, than, than we do. Cause again, you lived through the angels in the eighties angels in the nineties and had to watch them. And I, you, we can only look back at their records and we look back at historical facts about it, you know? So, I mean, how similar are they? 
Is it a valid question or is it kind of like an off? Well, you, you, you I, I don't think it's real because when you come up in the 90s, for example, well, the 80s, you get a lot of good Angels teams in the 80s. There was, a, there was a downturn towards the end of the 80s, but during that downturn, they were refilling the system with guys like Tim Salmon and, and Gary Anderson and so on and so forth. And the big problem with the Angels, and if you go back and read Tim Salmon's book and you do some of the other, other stories, um, other stories that, you know, you about those 90s angels teams and what was the one thing that was already holding them back was pitching well that's not really the problem now they they had talent coming up they had guys ready to go at one point in the early 2000s bill stoneman had the number one farm system in the, in the entire major baseball you look at now and really since they blew out the farm system trying to get that world series uh, you know it's a different story because they haven't brought any of those superstars really up since then they haven't really they, they've developed quality baseball players that haven't developed stars and when you don't develop stars that catches up with you it doesn't matter how many different plans you come up with and we talked about the Billy Upper plan and now we're figuring out the Manazian plan if you don't develop anybody none of those plans come to fruition the terms organizational death that's something that I've mentioned numerous times so the angels in the 80s and the 90s had organizational death the angels of 2022 they're working on it and the angels of, of four years ago didn't have any at all. And I don't think any of those teams are starting to shortstop hitting, you know, less than my weight, which is, you know, you're going to hear me talk about that until it changes. But, but why are they? It's because they didn't go and get somebody. They, 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 had yeah, they don't have anybody get, in there. But they had opportunities in the offseason to go get guys, and they decided that they, they were better off without him. And so it's just some some ideas and things that they thought they had, you know, they were the smartest guys in the room. And obviously Andrew Velasquez played for the Yankees, who is a very, they're very well run organization. And they said he was not a starting shortstop, but the angels were supposedly the smartest guys in the room and said, no, he is a starting shortstop. And it does not look like that right now. Fair. Sure. I figured I'd bring it up. It's kind of interesting conversation. I know it's something that a lot of people bring up and I don't know. I don't know where would have started. What would have started? Did I, I, Artie Moreno, I, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I already bought the team right after they won the World Series 2003. So, I mean, hey, if the boot fits, right? Um, and also, I looked it up. Lyman Bostock. That's who That's who I'm talking about. I think we all know, but I apologize. Um, on to our next order of business here. Reed Detmers. Looks like he's turned a bit of a corner. Looks fantastic. I don't have any updated stats, but um, slider seems to be working a lot better, which is the one thing I think that everybody said he needs that third pitch. And he needs to be able to throw it effectively. He has the curveball. That's a nice change of uh, pace pitch. Uh, he can he can get it in there. It's going to be a swing and miss pitch. He can command the fastball. But that slider's big, been a big thing. So let's go ahead, Nate. I'll start with you here. Do we feel comfortable starting Reed Detmers in the 2023 opening day roster? Absolutely. I mean, it's unfortunate that he had to go to AAA to figure out things that were very, very obvious to everyone except for, you know, the big league coaching staff. But um, I'm excited to see, to see him grow. I mean, he, he's been able to throw the slider a lot more. He's been able to command the fastball. Um, you've seen a lot more swing and misses out of him, and you've seen a lot less walks. And I, I think that's something that has been good to see from him. Um, he continues to dominate, and I think just getting that confidence of, of building performance on top of performance is, is going to allow him to, to start next year as a number you know three or four starter. And you got him and Sandoval right now and right now you have Otani as well so you got three good starters you're looking for three more 
And so I, I'm really excited with what Detmers has done over his last, what, five starts ever since coming back from AAA. So I, I love him for the next five, six years in this rotation. Yeah, really seeing that number one, or uh, not number one, but first round, um, you know, really seeing what he can do in a sense. Last, and, and... last five starts, 1.26 ERA, 22 thirds, 30, 34 Ks, just 10 walks. So a lot more strikeouts. The walks are down. He's been he's been outstanding. Absolutely. I'd like to see the walks get down a little bit more, but I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. He looks good. Derek, what are your thoughts on this? Because I actually know I listened to I uh, listened to the last podcast with Jeff Ledger um fantastic podcast by the way if no one hasn't gone and listened to that go go listen to it um really good uh Derek talk with Jeff about the new book um and we talk about getting three more starting pitchers but I think Jeff mentioned something that they can actually run a five-man rotation out there with Shohei Otani so first off what are your thoughts on Reed Detmers right now and second do the Angels actually need three more starters uh yes and yes but I I think you I mean because like we, you open the podcast with, you know, curse, right? Well, I mean, they need three more stars oh, because yes. it's a given someone's going down. I just, I, I, I like Reed Detmers from the start, and I think that a lot of the criticism levied towards him was wasn't real fair because every rookie coming up is going to have their moments where they got to figure things out. There, and if they don't figure it out, and they just keep sucking for days and days and days, damn, that's the first time in podcast history for me that you sucked twice and now three times in a podcast. But um, I just I, I think it was unfair. Like the, people are forgetting this guy is still very very young, and he's to me already more impressive than the last guy we had come out that was showing something, which was Griffin Canning four years ago, by the way, it seemed like it just happened, but, mm-hmm. and now we don't even know what's, what's, what's Griffin even doing, but uh, I just look at him and, and his command is better. He's got more confidence than Griffin ever did. And he's just, I made sure four eyes. I think that people leave him alone, let him work within the organization, let him figure things out. It's obvious. He knows, about his craft or wouldn't have been coming back up and done so well. So leave him alone. I, I just don't, I don't dig the, the harassment that we start seeing online, you know, when the guy was just drafted, what, a year and a half ago, a year ago. And give the guy, yeah, give him some time to develop. 50, 50 innings in the minors before he got called up as well, which is tough, which isn't, which isn't easy. I mean, he was pitching. I don't think he was, he was pitching in the, I think he was pitching in the college world series the year before that. Maybe not. I don't know if Louisville made it or not, but at least pitching in a regional right before that, but, but he's yeah. going to be developing as a pitcher for the next two, three years. Oh. He's not even really even in his craft yet. And you know, are, people are hammering him. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And, and the biggest thing, and, and I'll always point this towards Mike Trout because Mike Trout does an unbelievable job at this. And this is what makes good players great consistently like Mike Trout is and why he is, and probably will be the best player in baseball for some time to come injuries. Regardless, we don't need to have this argument, but adjusting to the league as they adjust to you. That has always been the biggest thing for, for Mike Trout. It's been, you know, you remember the first year is like, Oh, you're striking out too much. He dropped that strikeout rate by creating more contact. Um, Next year after that, it was like, Oh, the high pitch, high pitch, high pitch, go up high. He can't hit that. He started not swinging at that pitch. All of a sudden he had no holes, right? The year after that, oh, Mike Trout's not very good defensively. The year after that, he became pretty good defensively. You know, like, I mean, we've seen it. So, again, that's what Reed Detmers has to do. That's what makes good players great, and it's easier said than done, obviously. 
you know, and we've seen the first adjustment here from Reed Detmers and they're going to adjust to Reed Detmers down the road and he's going to run into some trouble, but how is he going to adjust to that once they, once he does, you know, that that's my biggest thing. I, I I'm with it to answer my question, to answer that my original question, I think that he is now deserves a spot in the rotation and you know, it fills a hole. It fills a hole and I'm ex- very excited to see what he has um, has down the road and the adjustments he makes. I think Walsh again did a very good job of adjusting and he's going to need to do that next year. If he thinks he's going to continue to, to play at an all-star level. So brings up another interesting point here when we start talking about rookies and development and draft. And that is Joe Adele uh, fellas. Did we see the play that uh, happened in this, the <laughs> Seattle Mariners game? I think what game one of the doubleheader was it? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Derek, did you by chance catch that play at second base where he didn't slide on a hit and run that was missed? Yep. Now, I believe that we harp on the negative with Joe Adele because there has been so many big plays, whether it was the Jose Canseco, whether it was this play, whether it's, you know, misplaying some balls in the outfield that everybody does swing and miss issue. I think that we thought too big of Joe Adele and I don't think his development was there. Now to take a step forward there, I do think he lacks something that a lot of players lack. And I think that he lacks something that a lot of, a lot of players you know, miss out on. And that is pure baseball instinct. So you look at the play at second base on that Saturday game, game one of the doubleheader where he doesn't slide. No excuse not to slide. No excuse not to go in hard. That's just kind of the knowledge of the game, not knowing the knowledge of the, not knowing the game very well, regardless of what happened, whether you heard contact, whether you forgot the amount of outs, you go hard. You go hard no matter what. It's 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 just bad. Like I know Nate, you're laughing at this right now because it's something it's that so you and I were very good at. And I, I, I it's don't. So you and I were very it's... good good at the baseball knowledge, and a lot of players lack it. So with Joe Adele, is that something that we are truly worried about, or is that something that he might be able to learn and master over over the coming years, or is this on the coaching staff for not really teaching him this? I mean, we've talked about the coaching staff in the past, I, I don't know, you know, like I I'm kind of at a loss for Joe Adele. Like I am going to support him the entire time, but it's sometimes it's tough to watch him, you know, but when he's going, he's going good. So Derek, I'll start with you. Thoughts on no, Joe. Adele? You might not want to start with me. You might want to go somewhere else first. Nate. I would start with Derek. I want to, I want to hear what he has. Because... <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Come on. Like Joe, you know, rock, rock, paper, scissors. I can, I'll start. I'll start. I'm the biggest Joe. And I, I know I just said this. I'm the biggest Joe Adele supporter. I think he is a fantastic baseball player. He needs to learn the game. He needs, he needs that knowledge of the game. And I don't know who to blame for that. Like, is it the development? It could be hundred percent his development. We knew this was going to be something down the road that he was, he was raw and that he needed to learn baseball. And we might not see the best Joe Adele until he hits his prime, you know, which is, which is scary to think about um, that. He could be really freaking good down the road. Um, I just, I don't know. Like I, like I'm not usually at a loss for words in this, in this type of thing, but you need, and why'd you go first, dude? A little bit better. I, I, I mean, you guys were playing rock, paper, scissors about it, but you guys were rock, paper, scissors about it, man. You guys, I'm, I could almost guarantee it. Go for I, it. I don't I'm think waiting. Derek, I don't think Derek and I will be opposite. In this. Go for it. Derek, hit me with it. I don't know. Oh God. It's like the 14 game losing streak. I don't know, man. I just can't tell you. No, like, no, I, I do know what this is. I would say this. 
I don't care if you've done something for 10 years, 25 years, 50 years. Everybody has a senior moment. Everybody does. I'm entering my 10th year teaching. I know the classroom back and forth. I know I know my material. I know everything. And even I, as good as I am at my job, even I start circle once in a while. And so I would say, just like I was saying about Reed Detmers, man, leave Adele alone. Help me. Can we can we sit there and say he's misplayed some balls? Yes. Has he done something like that before that we know of? They can talk about not really. No. Is he human? Yes. Is he going to have Mike Trout and people like him in his ear talking about the stuff from this point forward? Yes. You know, sometimes you just get lost in the game. Sometimes you get lost in what you're doing and you short circuit. I think it's I think it's being over talked about, over criticized. And let's just I want I want to point this out. Angels traded Brandon Marsh. That opened the door for Joe Waddell. They made their choice. They see something there in him to keep him over Brandon Marsh. And that's been the question for the last two years, right? Are we going to, are they going to trade Marsh? Or or because I mean going back two years ago, we thought for sure they're going to trade one of the two. And they finally did. Who they trade? They traded Marsh. What's that tell you? There's something there. I think his plays improved dramatically since he come back since he come back up. And I also think he's he's seen the ball better. I think he's seen a lot of things better. He's human. I mean, people need to leave the guy alone. I mean, it's not like every day. People used to criticize Gary Anderson for some of the stupidest things. I mean, he he get criticized for not hustling down the line. He was just the kind of guy who looked like he was just not hustling, but the dude was always there. Leave him alone. I think I think we're all in agreement here, in a sense. Nate, I know that you're going to have a different. Are you having a different opinion than us on this? Oh boy. Um. So first of all, with Joe Adele, you, I, I blame so much on the coaching staff, and the man, management is unbelievable. First of all, you've got to put him in a position to succeed. Okay. I don't think they have done a really good job of putting him in a position to succeed. They've they've had him up as a fourth outfielder, not playing. That has killed his development. That guy needs to play every day, whether he's in the big leagues or he's in the minor leagues, whatever. This guy has to learn baseball, okay? He needs to get better. We have been talking about this for a long, long time. It goes all the way back to when he got brought up in 2020 um, in Oakland when he didn't run the bases well there. He hasn't played defensively well. He has had so many of these mistakes that that have been brought up that I blame management. First of all, why in the heck you call him a hit and run with a 29.9% strikeout guy at the dish? On an 0-2 count, what is going on? That's not putting him in a, in a position to succeed. Um, whether, whether you heard contact or whether you you didn't know how many outs there were, all of those are unacceptable answers. Unacceptable answers. First of all, you never are supposed to hear contact. You're supposed to look in for contact. Second of all, you're supposed to know how many outs there are. So, yes, they have not put him in a, a very good position to succeed. Secondly, he has not done a good job of getting better at this. Okay. He has done a really good job of getting better offensively has done a really good job. I don't think he, he wants to get better at this. Um, I think there are, like What's I said, your evidence of that? that's, that's a really hardcore accusation to make that someone, if somebody is, doesn't want to get better at something. It's, it's been. It, What's your evidence of that to say he doesn't want to get better. The, the fact that he hasn't got better at this is, is, is sad. Uh, this is not something that it, is this the Brandon Mar- is this the Brandon Marsh and we we we're not going to talk about it this time the Brandon Marsh interview thing too where that, that, it goes back to, it goes that it goes back, help. no then it goes back that to the, it goes back to the it goes back to the coaching staff then and not putting not putting guys in the right spot to succeed at the end of the day 
And does that come down to development? Yes. Does that come down to not having the correct team out there as well? Yes, because you look at the bullpen and, and for me, the bullpen is a perfect example of this. And you look at it this year, it's hard to have a good closer when you you have a bad team. In my opinion, that's why Rice Iglesias wasn't the duty, duty was last year. Um, with that being said, you kick everybody down a notch. Ryan Tapera is not an eighth inning guy. Aaron Loop is not a seventh inning guy. I know that you spent the money on that, whatever you want to say. Those guys are put in not very good situations. You look at it in their career. Ryan Tapera is not a big, big situation guy. Um, never has been, never will be. And Aaron Loop was always a lefty situational, you know, um, not big inning guy either. They get paid to do that big inning stuff. That's why those guys haven't succeeded. So, yes, I do agree that guys have not been put in the correct situation to – I do too. To, that, that, I think that's what it boils down to, right? And the same thing with Joe Adele. Joe Adele brought up probably too young in a very bad situation in 2020 where he, he wasn't allowed to be around the team in a sense, wasn't around or allowed to be around mentors in a sense, barely was able to take BP in 2020, you know, like there are so many things wrong with that season. You almost count that as a wash and say, you know, like why, why even bring him up 2021, you flounder up and down with him. I mean, I'm in full agreement. I think, I think we're all in agreement here in a sense that, you know, the angels have first probably screwed up his development a little bit. Um, second, I, it's not that I don't think he wants to learn. I do think he wants to learn Nate. I just don't think that he's has the correct materials to learn, if that makes sense. I don't like, love the comments he makes about learning these kind of things. I, you know, when, when he's asked about why he doesn't, why he hasn't got better at this or why he does this or why he does that, his comments are not like, oh, I'm working on this. His comments are, I, I'll do whatever I got to do. It goes, well, no, then that goes, then that goes back to the Garrett Anderson thing that, that Derek mentioned too. Like it's the laid back. It's the, I mean, who else had this? Noah Syndergaard, like it's that. Noah Syndergaard had a fire under him. This is persona. But but you can't rely on everybody having the same. It's the persona. It's the persona. Yeah. No, it's that. uh, Let me, let me just kind of, and I I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it because it's the most recent example that I have. And, you know, that was, you know, we're covering covering the Rams and, and Jared Goff. All right, Jared Goff for 2017-2018 is brilliant. And in late 2018 against the Lions, Matt Patricia figured him out. Okay, and all the questions the next two years are, what's wrong with Goff? Why can't he do this? Why can't he do that? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Does he not want to learn? Does he not want to do this? And it really wasn't until we started hearing kind of leaks coming through the locker room that you figured out what was really going on. Because Jared Goff, the quarterback, has the ability to be he, – he, it has an elite out. He has an elite deep ball. He's got so many things that are just as good as some of the best guys in the league, and yet was it becoming a train wreck. And what we found out, just kind of through muttering through, was he just wasn't putting time in behind the scenes. Didn't matter what he said. Didn't matter. He wasn't. He wasn't watching film. He couldn't read defense. This one. Now again, going back to baseball, he it doesn't matter what Odell says. Okay, what's he doing? Because people, when put in the spot with a microphone in front of them, they're not going to sit there and just say everything you want them to say. They're different personalities, like Jared said. What are they doing behind the scenes? What is he doing? Who's working with him? And that's why I would say I can't just sit there and say he doesn't want to learn. I'm more on the lines of, Nate, one part you are saying, putting in a position to be successful or not. And they haven't been. They didn't do it this year. They set him down. No, leave him up. 
Don't send him back down there. Don't mess with the dude's confidence. You've already wrecked his confidence enough. Put him in a room with, with Mike Trout every freaking day. You put him with, with those guys, even though David Fletcher, who's not Jared's favorite, but you, no one will argue how hard David Fletcher works. That's your tag team partner. You will never leave his side. You might as well count yourself as surgically attached. Okay, that's the kind of thing that needs to happen. And that and you'll start hearing things filtering out just like that Rams locker room. So, okay, hey, you know what? He's not working with us on this. He's not doing that. And you're not, but you're not hearing those whispers, are you? You're not. That's when you know bad teammate. You never heard teammates trash Gary Anderson. Ever. And there's your evidence. I'm super proud of us here, guys, for all agreeing on something. <laughs> okay, no, but serious, I, I'm I'm in full agreement. I I know that this again, probably a huge overreaction. You know, he makes a bone boneheaded play. We all make boneheaded plays. I love that view um, because it's very true. We're human. We make those mistakes. I don't want to get philosophical here. Um, bad situations. You've been put in bad spots. We've been saying this forever. It's it consistently goes back to the exact same things over and over and over and over again. It's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something different. That is what the angels have been doing. Like this whole, I mean, to even go back farther, we talked about curse. The angels have been doing it since 2003, you know, 2010, whatever. I it wouldn't is. go three. I go. That's fine. 2010, 2012, 2012. You start seeing it last 10 years, you know, it is constantly the same thing over and over again. Is it Perry's fault? Is it, so-and-so's fault is it this person's fault i mean at the end of the day you you've been seeing the same thing over and over again and it sucks we'll probably say the same thing this offseason too you know like louise we didn't even get into it like talking louise or nifo at second base is david fletcher going to be the shortstop next year like what do the angels need to do to succeed i know where i'm getting some bad looks here like how does this how does this have anything to do we'll we'll talk about it because there is something in the works and i don't know but it's it's interesting but it consistently comes around to the exact same thing over and over and over again and the angels continue to do that over and over and over again and whose fault is that i don't i'm, I'm not going to say it i think it's a i think it's a fairly easy answer on whose fault that is um we don't need to get into that but already <laughs> hey you're the one that said it not me so <laughs> i didn't used to believe that by the way i didn't did the, re- did the recent comments make it any better? I'm going to say this, uh, and because the last couple of podcasts I've been on, you guys have been rather negative, and I'm sure people are going to get tired of it, but I also want to say there's a lot of positive we're seeing out of this. We, we've seen some very strong starting pitching this year. Not consistent, but we've seen some strong starting pitching. We've seen guys like Luis Renhevo step up. In my view, he's earned a spot in this club next year. Uh, you know, we've seen other guys kind of move in there and find roles. There is a lot to like. They've been they've been stacking pitching in the minors and it's moving up through the line. There is thing there are things happening. They're just not there yet. And I don't know when they're gonna be there, but I'm more optimistic now about the team's future than I was, say, at the end of 2020. And in 2020, I just was like, Are you kidding me? The Jock Peterson trade did it for me. I told you before. Um, or the no trade. But you know, when I realized a lot, but I, I'm, I like the Minasian's moves. I like what they're doing. I like the guys pump coming up, but we are seeing guys start to pan out. Reed Detmers. There's a lot to like. It's just not clicking yet. There's more talent through the record says. Definitely. 
Oh, I, I agree. There's, I, we'll get into this. Well, this is, this is going to be our conversation all off season heading up to off season. Like what does this team look like in 2023? So uh, just want to thank y'all for listening to this podcast here at talking halos again, making us the best angels podcast out there. I truly do believe it. If you could subscribe wherever you're listening or watching, if you're on YouTube, go ahead, let us know how we can get better on there as well. Uh, if you could follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, just about talking halos. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's Derek at DC Apollo and Nate at Nate green 34. And guys, thank you so much for listening have a great rest of your day. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.